So Money episode 216, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi, coming at you pre-recorded from Long Island, where my husband and I and Evan have been spending the week trying to get some R&R. I will say this, though. Being on vacation full-time with a one-year-old is exhausting. So tiring. My goodness. I I don't know how my nanny does it, uh, chasing after this young little cherub all day. And then, um, well, she gets to go home. And so we have been with him 24-7. And while it is absolutely wonderful, it is also a a feat. Um, He is not quite walking yet, but he is getting into a lot of mischief and he is very daring. In fact, Tim and I took him to the beach for the first time. And at first he was a little skeptical, as I think most people would be, because the waves here on Long Island are pretty intimidating. He went right for the waves the second day. And actually, only after about a few minutes, uh, he was pretty warmed up to the beach. And you might be hearing a little mm mm-hmm in the background. That's my husband, Tim. I have lured him to the recording desk here after dinner. We're both here for Ask for a New. I thought it'd be fun to have a little partner to help me navigate all these questions. So welcome, Tim. Thank you. As your little partner, I'm glad to be here. Tim is six too. So he's not little, but I thought it would be fun for all of you to hear him. I talk about you sometimes. I do. Do you want, do you listen to the podcast? Of course. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. I'm going to trust that. Um, what was, who was on this week? Uh, the Millionaires Next Door. Who was your favorite? Uh, the one with the most money. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the most money. Yes, that was my favorite too. Tim is a comedian. And actually, that's why I think I married you is because you make me laugh all the time. It's constant laughter in our household, which is probably a good thing. Not constant, but it's enough where (laughs) it makes up for a lot of things. Yes, I have an exasperated husband sitting next to me, but uh, he has no choice. He's going to help us through this weekend's questions. And uh, just to finish my story about our vacation, it's been fabulous. I've been trying to not work, although it's been hard. I even thought about not recording a fresh Ask Farnoosh episode this weekend. However, I felt that it would really stink for all the listeners who've been writing in and we've got lots of questions and also it would stink for me because coming back from vacation, I would just have a deluge of questions to address and I felt like I would just be overwhelmed um, coming back from vacation. So I really wanted to keep the pace, keep the momentum. By the way, this was a really popular week for listens. We had some amazing turnout We had, of course, some amazing guests. We had the Millionaires Next Door this week. It was hard to choose just five. A lot of you wrote in asking to be featured, and all of you are worthy of an episode. But, of course, we had to choose just five because it's Monday through Friday. And I'm thinking we might make this a series again or might dedicate even an entire day 
every week to the Millionaires Next Door, maybe like Monday Millionaires Next Door, because it was by far one of our most successful weeks based on the download. So I am sensing people like this. I mean, pretty interesting to realize that Millionaires Next Door, you don't know who they are. They're all over the place. I guess I should really take time now to introduce Tim. Tim Dusinger, welcome to So Money. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Tim and I met at Penn State. And uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about how you're enjoying the vacation. I'm enjoying the vacation. Uh, it's a lot of fun to get away from work and to take a little boy to the beach for the very first time and watch him quite terrifyingly run for the waves. And I had to beg you to join me here for Ask for a New. She were hesitant at first. Tim is not the one who likes to take the spotlight in the relationship if you couldn't tell already. That would be... Believe it or not. Believe it or not. So it is Saturday. So as I do at the top of every show, Tim, I pick one new reviewer on iTunes to win a free 15-minute money session with me. And I want you to be the person to pick the winner. So let's go to iTunes, go to the latest reviews. And we've gotten a lot of reviews this week. I think the millionaires next door really resonated with listeners. It seems like you guys really want more millionaires next door or just a lot of stories about people who've gone from you know zero to a million in a very short period of time doing some very smart things with their money. So let's go to the reviews and I'm going to make you pick. Mary G from the Young Professionalists. Professionista. Yeah. What does she say? Uh, she said, I should read the Yes. <laughs> I recently subscribed to this podcast, says Mary, and I must say Farnoosh is incredible. I have a two-hour commute to and from work, and sometimes I find myself sitting in the car for a few minutes after I reach my destination just to finish up the podcast or pause at a good spot. It's that good. I feel smarter every day listening to all the great advice from her interviewees and from her Q&A sessions. Lots of great information I can immediately apply to my day job or to my up-and-coming side business. She's a great advisor, interviewer, and someone who you'd want to have as a friend. If you haven't downloaded her podcast, you are missing out. Thank you, Mary G. That's a very nice thing to say about my lovely wife. <laughs> that is really nice, Mary G. And thank you for making my husband... Um, very awkward reading that out loud, but I really appreciated hearing him say all those nice things about me, <laughs> even though they weren't his words. Um, thank you, Mary G. Email me, farnushatsomoneypodcast.com, and we will get uh, a scheduling link out to you where you can pick a convenient time for you to connect with me. And I thank you for this very generous review. In all honesty, this was really sweet. So I want to thank you. And I want to say thank you to some of these other people who wrote reviews. Sorry, I can't give away all my free time to connect with you guys. But um, stay V Hutch, My Two Cents, Wiggles, Casey. I love these nicknames. Very creative. Thank you so much. And I just know that I really do appreciate and enjoy every single review. So let's get to the questions. We have a question here from Joe. And I'm going to have Tim read this off so that uh, I can take a little bit of a break and sip my water. Uh, this is Joe. And he's writing in to say, hey, Farnoosh. We've spoken before, and I was just listening to the podcast with Ethan Block of Digit, and it made me think of an app I use that along the same lines of savings. I was wondering if you've heard of the Acorns app. 
It can automate as much or as little as you want and is geared towards people who want to invest but have no idea how. It takes your spare change and invests in ETFs. Have you heard of this, Tim? No. And you're the one who's really on the up and up when it comes to apps and technology. Tim's a software developer. I have heard of Acorns, although I have to admit I'm not well-versed in how it works or whether it's any good. But yeah, it sounds similar to Digit in the sense that it takes on this responsibility for you to move your money into more um, worthwhile places, whether it's Digit who's doing that and taking your money and putting it in a savings account for you to have for a rainy day, or it's Acorns that's taking your money and moving it into an investment account, in this case, ETFs. I think it's worth looking into. Again, what we learned about Digit, why it works and why it's successful is that it understands that we just don't like to make decisions with our money. We don't like to make decisions, period. We, we suffer from decision fatigue. Every day we have to choose so many things, what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. And we know we have to do the good thing with our money. We know we have to save. We know we have to invest. But it'd be so nice if someone else could take care of it for us. And so that's where Digit and I suppose Acorns comes in. So Joe, I think that uh, is worth looking into. And I'll look into it some more and maybe we should get the fact founder of Acorns on the show. What do you think, Tim? That sounds like a great idea. (laughs) You're so funny. Okay, uh, who's next? Nima has written in and she asks, last year I had a medical emergency that resulted in me taking about a three-month medical leave and going on temporary disability. Although my insurance covered a portion of the medical needs, I'm still paying off the bills. $568 a month Should I take some of my savings to pay it off or should I continue with the monthly payment plan I have? I would say that if your savings is sufficient in the sense that you have ample savings, you have enough there that could cover you for six to nine months, fine. That's what savings are for. We save for these types of unknowns, emergencies. So if that's something that you can do and still have a cushion, Great. On the other hand, if you're worried about being cash poor from your savings account um, and you're worried about maybe something else coming up down the line and then you being really in a bind if you're tapping into it to pay off these medical bills that you're going to be cash poor in the future, then just do what you can. Pay the minimum. Most importantly, I would say just don't fall behind. A lot of people with medical debt often find themselves really overwhelmed. And we find that the largest cause for bankruptcy in this country is medical debt, believe it or not. So I don't think that's you, but I'm just saying do the best you can to address the minimums and hopefully they'll be out of the picture soon. Tim, could you imagine what would have happened if we didn't have medical insurance when Evan was born? No, I cannot. (laughs) Did you actually take a look at the itemized bill or was that just something that I opened and shredded immediately? I don't think we ever saw the bill. I I did. Do you know that they charged us like $1,200 or $1,700 for taking the emergency room entrance because the front entrance to the hospital was actually closed because it was over, it was past midnight. So we had to take the emergency room entrance and they gainfully charged our insurance company like over $1,000. That that was shady. I, I think next time we'll just sneak in the back, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. There we go. Um, what's uh, We have a next question here from Aubrey. What does she say? Yes, uh, this is Aubrey. She says, I'm a listener and I would love to see you on the Art of Charm podcast with Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm is life coaching for the modern guy where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. 
I have already reached out to Jordan, and here is his contact info. And she also has a request that you continue to seek out more Real Housewives or other people from Bravo to interview. I'm sure you would just love that. I would. You're lying. Well, Aubrey, I would love to be on The Art of the Charm. I see The Art of the Charm's artwork, a little podcast artwork, constantly in What's Hot. So I know that it's very popular. And I would be honored to be on Jordan's show, especially since this is something that you listen to. And uh, it's funny you ask for more Real Housewives. I, too, would love to hear more from uh, my guiltiest pleasure on television. But, and I, you know, actually, little background, you know, maybe insider detail is that one of my bookers for this show that freelances for me is actually... Uh, someone who works for Andy Cohen, who works on the Bravo Net, who works for the Bravo Network. So, I I feel like I'm well positioned to try to get some of those people on the show, and we've had some already. And uh, if you say so, I will go after them. But I have to say, there are some listeners who, as soon as they know I'm having a Bravo Bravo celebrity on the show, they click delete or pass. So uh, I think it's one of those things where you love it or you you can't stand it. But I'm with you. I kind of enjoy. The drama. I'll, I'll admit it. Here is a question from Pooja who says, Hi, Farnoosh. Love your podcast. I'm addicted. I'm 27 years old and will be starting a part-time MBA program at my state university this fall. The program costs about $65,000. I have $45,000 in a savings account, which include rainy day funds, and I make $60,000 annually. Do you think it's wise to start a 529 plan now or is it too late? Will the tax benefits be significant enough to be worth the hassle? That's a good question. So this is a really savvy question. And I have to be honest, I didn't even know you could do this. I had to do a little bit of homework on this question. And what I discovered is that you as an individual, if you're planning to go to college, graduate school, higher education, you can start a 529 plan for yourself, designate yourself as a beneficiary. I knew that part. But what I think you're asking is how soon can I start or how late can I start this plan and then start withdrawing from it to go towards my education? And of course, the benefit of a 529 plan is that it's pre-tax savings and that there are even some um, deduction benefits uh, from a state level, depending on which state's plan you are invested in. So researched this and said and found, A, yes, you can open up a 529 plan for yourself at any point. You can fund it. So if you want to take your savings and put money into this 529 plan specifically for your graduate school, you can do that. The one thing you want to do is check your own state's rules and it may be that all states have the same rule. And as we know, I, I, 529s are issued by every state. And if you're living in New York, you don't have to go with the New York plan, although it's a very good plan. You can go with the Vermont plan or the California plan. So whatever your state plan is, check the fine print to find out how long you have to wait to withdraw that money to go and pay for um, higher ed costs. In some cases, it's as little as seven business days. Um, I've read online. So I think there's good news here. I think you can do what you're trying to do and it's a good strategy. So just check with the 529 plan, the administrator, before you assume you can do this. But I think it could be a really great tax savings. Uh, Keith writes in, Hi, Farnoosh. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I look forward to listening to it daily. Keep up the good work. My question is, 
Do you have an alternative means of getting reviews other than just iTunes? I assume you'd like some love from your non-Apple listeners. Smiley face, Keith. Keith, absolutely. I never really brought this up because, truth be told, a majority of listeners do access the podcast and all podcasts through iTunes. It is the main portal. But that said, the show is also on Stitcher. So I encourage you, if you're interested in getting a free 15-minute money session with me, I will start looking now on Stitcher. And so that's what I'll I'll just dedicate next weekend's winner to a Stitcher review just to give some Stitcher love. And I see already there are two reviews on Stitcher. Yeah, just to show you the difference. We have over 300 reviews on iTunes and two on Stitcher. And I just know that based on what other podcasters have said and have witnessed, Stitcher, while it's a wonderful website, it just doesn't get a lot of traction. And I don't know if it's just because most people have you know, iTunes um, or iPhones, but it just isn't, it's not that frequented, unfortunately, at least not for podcasts. But I want to respect all people with all sorts of access. So if you're wanting to write a review and I thank you in advance, go on to Stitcher and everybody else, if you want to do a review on Stitcher, I will be keeping an eye on that site from here on out. So I'll include that in uh, my selection process. And the next one is from Mary Grace. And she asks, hi, Farnoosh. What's the best way to build brand authority online? In my day job in healthcare strategy, I'm well networked. I've been invited to do guest lectures at colleges to share how I became a chief of staff for a billion dollar company in my mid 20s. I've been invited to do guest blogs in my area of expertise. And folks are constantly asking me to do informational interviews so that people can pick my brain on anything from confidence to how I graduated from school debt-free to many other things. And I want to build this same career for my side job where I help people get into college or land their dream career. Where should I start? Well, Mary, if you don't have a website yet or a blog, I would definitely start some sort of online presence for yourself that really it has a great narrative and has great photographs and also at the very top above the fold as they say so before people have to start scrolling down they can see you they might see a video of you they'll see your credentials they might see some testimonials that you've got go to my website go to farnoosh.tv and see that it's not the best but it It does take into account uh, a number of elements that I have noticed across the web from people that I respect that are brand masters. And people have told me what you need is a great headshot, a really good narrative, one that really tells your story. And it sounds like you have a really impressive story to be in your 20s and becoming chief of staff for a billion dollar company. That is a rare thing. So I think you want to highlight that. And I would also reach out to people who respect you and have worked with you who can give you some testimonials and um, people high up in their in the ranks so that you can feature that on your website and that can instantly give you some credibility. And I just one last thing I would say is, you know, the internet is not just your website. There are a lot of other ways where people can find out information about you. So make sure that your LinkedIn page, your Facebook public page, your Twitter page, and anything else that's online that mentions you is consistent. So if you're going to use a really fantastic headshot, use that across all those sites. If you have a catchphrase that describes what you do, for example, you know, for me for a while it was, you know, mind, money, life or living a richer, happier life. Just make sure that catchphrases are consistently being used wherever you are so that people can ultimately identify you as 
what you want to be identified as. And that's part of brand building. Consistency is very key. You know, there's a lot more that I could say on this, and I, I wish I had more time to to dive into this because I actually really, really like this topic. And I'm actually, I haven't really announced this, but I'm, I'm starting to take on some private clients to help them with their brands and help them, specifically authors who want to go into the thought leadership field and become experts in their respective fields. I want to help them uh, get on the right path and make the right connections. So I'm doing this. I'm starting in September with four or five clients and hopefully coming to a website near you, a digital product in 2016 that will teach you the steps. Check out my interview with Dory Clark from a week ago. She is a brand building expert and she's an authority on this and can really help you figure out how to connect some of these other dots. Thanks for that question. And the last question today is from Carrie, who says, love the podcast, Farnoosh. What are your thoughts on car leasing versus buying? I am 30, I have $5,000 in credit card debt and 150,000 in student loans. But my income is $130,000. I've always leased, thank you. All right, Tim, as the car buyer in the family, I wanna ask you, what do you think about this? I remember when we first started dating, you had this really old Honda Accord that by the end of it, like the door wouldn't, my passenger side door was not really working anymore. It wouldn't open from the outside. You could only open it from the inside. But you kept that thing. How many miles did it have on it before you sold it to my brother? Uh, I think it was around 180,000 miles, I believe. And the non-working door was great because I got to come around and open the door for you every every time. Yes, it was built-in romance. It was uh, mandatory chivalry, that's right. That's how I like it. Well, we are not a family of leasers. A couple, and I think that if you ask most people in this country who are very conservative with their money, and if you listen to any of the millionaires next door this week, you would not find any of them leasing anything, let alone a vehicle. And you know this, a car is one of those quote unquote assets, if you even want to keep it, call it that, where it depreciates as soon as you drive it off a lot. And so the thinking is just buy a sensible car that's safe, that's within your budget and plan to drive it into the ground lasting. You know, these days they build cars to last, so it could last you easily 10 years. And of course, unless you get a lemon, but then there are lemon laws that protect you as well. So I would say get a car that you can just pay for and not have to worry about the monthly payment. You've got already enough on your plate. You have $5,000 in credit card debt. You have $150,000 in student loans. I don't want to see you adding any more monthly liabilities to your balance sheet. I think you just, if you need a car, get something that's reliable and safe, perhaps used in good condition, and get to and from and with peace of mind, financial peace of mind. And that's my two cents. What do you think, Tim? Is that kosher? Yes. You got to get rid of that credit card debt. And that's where we're going to leave things. Well, thank you so much, Tim, for being my co-host today. You weren't very talkative, but that uh, that was to be expected. <laughs> hey, it's my first time co-hosting. I have a, I have a lot to live up to. So. Well, thank you. And we do have one more episode to do, so I, you can't go anywhere yet. Um, we have one more episode to record. That is the Sunday episode. So... Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I want to say thank you to Carrie, to Mary Grace, Keith, Pooja, Aubrey, Nima, 
and Joe for writing in. Really appreciate your loyalty to the show, your great questions and comments. And I learn a lot, so much on Ask Farnoosh every weekend. And just want to say thanks for that. Have a great Saturday. Hope it's so money. Money.